One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the House of Pod, a show where we pull back the curtain on the world of medicine, we answer questions about your health, and we interview great guests. I'm Joe, and I'm not a doctor. And I'm Lizzie. I'm Kave. And we're two gastroenterologists. What's a gastroenterologist? You know, the doctors who work with your digestive system. Say what? You know, your liver, your pancreas, your intestines. Where now? Your butt, Joe. It's your butt. Oh... On today's show, we have Cody Johnston and Katie Stoll. They are the hosts of the podcast, Even More News, which to my knowledge is, correct me if I'm wrong, the first and still only news podcasts out there. And they co-host The Worst Year Ever with Robert Evans. Thank you guys so much for coming on our show. Thrilled to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. And you were right that it is the first and only news podcast. Still. And it blows my mind. It really is surprising. Right? Um, no one's it's jumped probably- on it. It's probably gonna be the last one. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I, yeah. I, I'm sorry to break. The, I think it might be like one of those fad things that just fizzles. Yeah. So sorry. That's right. Well, speaking of news, my but the first thing I want to talk to you guys about. I, I mean, I kind of just needed you guys here, like as a therapy session to some degree, um, and <laughs> and I think you guys need it, and we definitely do. But you guys cover the news really closely. Obviously, you put out like sh- multiple shows every week. You're following lots of news topics, lots of news sources. How are you guys staying sane Ooh. during that process? Let me let me preface that by saying we're GI doctors and not therapists. Oh yeah, you're not, you're not, no, 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 you're going to help us here. We're not helping you. So how are right. you guys? Yeah, how are you that's guys true. Dealing with that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know that we are. Uh, <laughs> it depends on the week, really. Um, how are we dealing? I I'm very conscious of my Twitter use this, these days. Um, when we are during the week, as we're producing multiple shows, I'm pretty engaged online and, uh, following topics and stuff. But on the weekends, I really try to step back. If I'm going to come in, it's, you know, something maybe a little less political, not engaging, not following his stuff as closely. That's one thing for sure that that's, that's helping me. Uh, also, this is two different questions. There's like, how do you stay sane in general with it? 
-hmm. And then how do you stay sane right now? Because yeah. uh, it's some weeks I feel pretty grounded and good, all things considered. And other we weeks I feel like the wheels are coming off of the wagon and a little thing will set me off. But I try to, I, I don't know, I, am, I allow space for that. I'm kind to myself. Uh, I try really hard. I'm not good at starting new hobbies. Yeah. You know, little pastimes. Um, yeah. I was going to ask you actually if um, kind of what you guys thought about kind of social media and being connected all the time. Yeah. But then I, I took that question off my list because I was thinking it's your job and it's kind of an unfair question because mm -hmm. part of your job is to have your finger on the pulse of politics and the zeitgeist and Twitter and so I just, um, I was like, that's not a nice question, but it, um, it's, it's nice to hear that you're aware of that. Yeah, it's, I think about it all the time. Uh, there, there's a weight to it. You know, we tweet, Cody's got a lot more followers than me, but what, between all of us, we have this, this reach and you can fire off a tweet or you're in the safety of your home and um, you don't know who you're reaching. And that can be scary when you stop and think about it. On one hand, it's also beautiful. The amount of messages I get from people that are saying thank you and I'm very grateful and I'm really, I, I that do not take that lightly. That means the world to me, especially right now. And, and that is a power of social media. But the other hand, you get weird, angry people, people that latch onto you as representing the things that they hate or, you know, weird obsessed people that start to make you feel uncomfortable. Right. And, I was going to say latch onto the things that they love, including with an intensity yeah. maybe to you. And when you betray them, you know, people yeah. who are not stable or who are getting angry or stir crazy in quarantine might, might snap, you know? And before we started recording this, we were talking briefly about our Mark Cuban episode. And I think that that's a good example. There's these expectations of us as public figures or in our shows and, and us standing up for, for everything that they believe in, but sometimes there's going to be, you know, I can't agree with you always, you know, yeah. but we can disagree kindly. Um, and no, no, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. Right. Well, it gives you credibility Sucker. if you can disagree occasionally. Yeah. Um, so Cody, how do you, uh, are you doing similar stuff? Are you guys having powwows about your mental health? Um, similar stuff. I think, um, I, when this kind of started, I, uh, I stopped going on Twitter. Um, I couldn't do it. Um, it was sort of like uh, right after like a lot of primary stuff was being settled and then this happened and then that sort of highlighted a lot of the issues that I had personally with how that went. Um, and then just sort of everyone, it just, it was too much. Um, yeah. Everyone, uh, every problem that you can imagine about Twitter seemed to just amp up uh, instantly when this happened. And yeah. I was like, it's not healthy. It's not good. Um, it's never been healthy or good, a good website. <laughs> um, and I've, I've, I've started to get back to it obviously cause I have to, and, uh, keeping up with things. Um, but I've tried to be better about like making specific chunks of time for that mm -hmm. and then getting away from it. Um, yeah. cause for like at least the past, however many years um it's just always there like it's always in your pocket it's always in your mind like i would always sort of be checking it instead of like this is the time when i check these things um yeah and yeah. then like i know like with the first year uh the first iteration of the, the some more news show we would do it uh like every week um it would always be, be sort of a scramble and towards the end of that um i started to like get like 
very heavy breathing and like anxieties, like stress sort of like health issues pop up. Um, so I've just been uh, trying to be conscious of that and like allow myself space and time. Also edibles. <laughs> You're but, like, I'm yeah. conscious of this. I'm doing yoga meditation, blah, 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 blah. And also edibles. Also edibles. edibles. I like write music and take it. So the that's sort of how I is clear of it. Yeah. The internet is is such a double-edged sword when it comes to this and there's so many positives to it. I mean exactly just like what you were saying Katie um you know I I don't lot our neighbors like that I live around know I live in like a two position household and they like avoid us like the plague. Mm-hmm. They're like scared of us. We don't like see them come out and talk to us. It's like these people on Twitter that are like reaching out to me being like, Hey, how are you guys doing? Is the hospital okay? Are you guys all right? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's really sweet. It's really touching. I I can't say enough for that. I mean, it really does help. And um, in terms of medicine, I specifically know that the doctors that were on Twitter that were following this early on were the ones that took it most seriously in the very beginning. Like at work, I was one of the few doctors that was really concerned about this like early on. And because I, I was seeing these stories coming from other places and I would talk to other people about it and they were like, nah, I don't, I'm not as worried about it. Now I think everyone's sort of up to date, but Twitter was really useful in that way. But it really, at the same time, there's, there's only so much that you can do and make it healthy. Because at some point, it's, it's just all these conflicts I'm getting into online, Twitter and Facebook. I mean, I feel like I have to do it on one hand, like as a medical professional, I have to be out there promoting like real science and promoting like the truth but it's so hard to do and it is i think it's really sort of wearing me down it's like the thing that's so tiring to me so it really is a double-edged sword and i'm not quite sure what to do and the fact that my phone gives me like weekly updates on how much time i spend just seems cruel and unusual (laughs) right now that's very mean (laughs) can't you shut that off i probably can i probably can Um, i'm not sure if this is something that you've done yet for your twitter but you can turn off notifications. You can customize your notifications for people you follow or, but you want to engage with people. But if you're, especially if you're going back and forth and you're getting down a rabbit hole with people, sometimes that's helpful because then I'll forget. I I don't give myself the opportunity to feel angry every time somebody responds because I might engage with it for a minute or two. And then I go about my life and I'm not scrolling through to find the responses. Yeah, that's good. That's a good idea. And I've, I've seen, I forget where I first saw this, but like basically once a conversation on Twitter uh, is like four responses back and forth, it's useless. You're, th- you're talking about something entirely different from what you started talking about. Right. And everyone's like amped up and resistant to any sort of like actual conversation. So doing that and being like, here's my response. Here's the truth. People will see it or they won't. And that's that. Um, I've also found like sometimes now I, uh, I just DM people. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that goes so, so smoothly. Um, they're not performing like, oh. for everyone else too. Right. Right. So like their response is going to be a little more open and honest and like even vulnerable sometimes. And like you can be, you can have an actual back and forth that right. doesn't have to be reduced to like two sentences. Mm-hmm. Um, and almost every time I do that, the conversation ends uh, with both of us saying like, that was good. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which never happens in public. Right. So, right. Yeah. no, no, you're right. That's 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 such a great point too, because you probably actually spend less time if you do that DM direct messaging that person as opposed right. to making it this long drawn out thing. So it's actually saving yeah. time. Well, that's a really good. That's point. like um in medicine now we're trying to do all these video visits. I don't know if you've had any encounters with doctors as opposed to telephone, and people are saying the feedback is that everyone loves it, and that the visits are actually shorter and more meaningful. Yeah. 
because it's video because there there is something you know we talk about social media and we're talking about the badness of it but there's there's a connection right yeah. and um there are two sides to it it is the double edged sword that Kaveh's talking about but this um that the i think the data is coming out that the video visits are shorter because people feel more heard you know and i think that's what direct mm-hmm. messaging is probably doing that you don't need to throw the tantrum because you're getting your voice heard or just yeah. like log off and never go on Twitter. Again. <laughs> That's a totally Throw your valid phone in approach. the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of the things yeah. that kind of drive us crazy online, like um, the conspiracy theories are, are a lot of what we're dealing with recently. We just had our friend Rebecca Watson come on. She's like a pretty well-known mm-hmm. internet skeptic and talking about these things. And it just blows my mind that it's so widespread. Where, what are the conspiracy theories that really have surprised you? What are the ones that really shocked you? What do you think are the most dangerous and where do you think they're coming from? Like what, where are these conspiracy theories coming from? What's the one that really surprised you the most? With respect to coronavirus, not like the anti-vaxxers. Let's like keep it topical. Um, You go, Cody. I mean, I see. (laughs) He's like so many. Where do I start? I don't know. I mean, yeah, like every, every, couple of days you see a new like here it's this drug actually this the thing that's gonna do it um and that seems like the most dangerous right because that's like telling people to like self-medicate with something that, that is based sure. not in reality at all different grifters yeah yeah um also just like the um i mean this is inevitable uh during these times um but also just like the past uh few years especially ramped up just like this is a plot to do x yeah. It, yeah. Like, they're doing the virus on purpose so that we'll do this. It's to get this policy in, in place or like the global, like all that kind of stuff. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, yeah. Bubbling yeah. up where like, uh, even like, cause you, you know, we see the situation where, okay, well, maybe one thing that would help is like a universal healthcare system. Maybe something that would help right now is like giving people money. Like, and so there are all these policies that are being put forth that would actually help right now. And I think a lot of people are resistant to those and see them as like, oh, that's why they did it. They did this mm-hmm. so that they can do these things. Um, and right. you see that all the time. You see it with like, even like Green New Deal stuff and climate change. Yeah. They're like, and oh, they're no- doing it. They're lying so they can do their socialist agenda. It's like, well, no, it's just a good idea that would help. <laughs> it was a good <laughs> idea before and after. Yeah, yeah. it could be both. It's fine. Yeah. There's just <laughs> no consensus on what the truth is. Um, and look, I don't know if there ever was in human history, but it's certainly worse <laughs> now. And so it's very easy for people to be like, no, I don't believe that. I believe this thing. Um, and yeah, I, I agree with you. Those things are all infuriating. I've gone out of my way to not find out what pandemic is. Uh, right. So I won't talk about that. I just yeah, yeah. couldn't. I was like, nope, no, same, we're not gonna do same, it. Same here. <laughs> um, I, I, I saw it. I saw the clip on it. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm out. I I'm tapped not, out. I have no ridiculous. idea what it is. I did the same thing. I have I no can't. idea. It's beautiful. It's beautiful not knowing. <laughs> my, I do feel my good bandwidth about myself. is full. <laughs> but I, the first thing that comes to mind, and this one's tough because we're still gathering information. What makes me crazy right now is how, we talked about this a lot on Even More News this week, um, this administration, conservatives are, in general, are uh, trying to paint China as having nefarious intentions with the virus. You know, know, it's man-made. Well, maybe it's not man-made, but it definitely escaped from the virus. Why did it escape from the virus? Why did they let it escape from the virus? We're going to have to look into this. And the reality is that maybe maybe it was an accident in the virus uh, from a, a lab. Maybe we we don't know that. 
The White House had warnings about this lab in particular having safety concerns and, yeah. and the regulations not being up to date and all this stuff. But accidents happen at our CDCs and, you know, viruses have been unleashed and then contained and stuff, you yeah. know, it, it, but, but that scapegoating and yeah. uh, because like there's on one level, like maybe it did was an accident from a lab and that is one thing that we're talking about. But the underlying insinuation from this is that China is our enemy or Chinese people are to blame. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I have no more bandwidth for that. I am right. furious about it. No, you're, you're, you know, the, it used to drive me crazy that they would call it the Wuhan virus. Not, not because yeah. I care about where they labeled it from, but because I felt it was like an obvious attempt for him to get away from it being called COVID-19. Because right. the 19 comes from the year it was discovered. 2019, which then implies mm -hmm. that he knew about it beforehand, or at least they had some hints or some warnings. And even if mm -hmm. you're being very generous with how much uh, the Trump administration was briefed on this early on in January and February, even if you're saying that, you still can look back and say, well, because of all these dumb, these dumb things we did in terms of our international relationship, we lost good men on the ground and women on the ground in China that are supposed to be there monitoring these things for us mm -hmm. because of bad the foreign policy decision. So, and, yeah. it, and it's funny when I ask, like, where did these conspiracies come from? I, I, I did, wasn't even thinking that clearly to some degree they're, they're coming from the top, like Pompeii yeah. and Trump are dropping like these little like hints about like it coming from a being man-made or something. It's, so it's, it's actually, it's more mind numbing to me and more aggravating because of that than it coming from some sort of yeah. random yeah. internet hack. Yeah. And they come, they come because so many times conspiracy theories come from like, yeah, like this fear and like not knowing and like wanting, wanting to sort of feel in control. Like, well, actually like I do understand this because it's this simple explanation. Um, but so, but now, yeah, we have people who are creating those conspiracy theories, not for that reason, but for blame. Right. Yeah. Uh, so you have it's coming for from a different reason, but influencing yeah. the same people uh, for the reason that they usually work. Right. It's scapegoating blame. And it's clearly diversion. Right. Because we know there are all these stats coming out that if, um, you know, our government, if Trump had um, declared a pandemic or an emergency or encouraged shelter in place just a week or two earlier, I think mm -hmm. like tens of thousands, if not hundreds sure. of thousands of lives would have been saved. You know, it's, and if yeah. Wuhan had close their doors sooner. You know, it's just, if we just yeah. had a week or two heads up, it's, this is diversion. Like whoever's fault it is, let's say there is a truth there. There's also the distraction diversion yes, on campaign absolutely. as well, which is yeah. terrible. And it's, and it's like what he's done, yeah, the entire time. And so like, this is just like the worst scenario for that. Right. 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 And it's not like we don't have plenty of blame to go around. I mean, you can mm -hmm. blame <laughs> China too for maybe not handling as well or sharing all their information sure. as well. That's that. Those two things can be true. Um, so shifting gears a little bit because you guys cover politics really closely and all the candidates and worst year ever. Your podcast did has done a great job about sort of giving us the rundown on a lot of different candidates. Um, do you first first question I have about the upcoming elections is that uh, do you have fears that um, voting is going to be significantly affected? by the pandemic? How is it going to be used or misused because of the pandemic? Massive fears. Mm -hmm. Massive. Do you have Same. any, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to hear about the fears, but I, I mean, there's also maybe some good that can come of it, right? Yeah. I mean, California, I guess, is now all, everybody's getting their mail-in ballot. We did that before, but you know, there are some states that are going to rise the occasion and maybe that will 
in some places expand voting turnout. I don't know, um, uh, but uh, you know, I, it's going to be. I, I mean, we're not going to be seeing this in, in every state. Uh, right. Very valid. Very valid fears. I, I. It sounds like to me. I mean, do you? What are you guys in terms of seeing silver linings like voting by mail? What silver linings do you think could come out of this? Do you think that there's any chance that America could come out of this and learn some actual lessons that might be useful? I think it's possible. That's you know, the hope, you, right? You look historically, uh, you know, after the Great Depression or World War One, I, I guess. I don't know. I'm not a big history person. But, you know, you see big social changes after huge traumatic cultural events like this is I guess my point and you know I've heard people talk about like after immediately after things like this the depression there's like a crackdown on warmongering or people that are like you know get, getting all the money for themselves the Enrons of the world mm -hmm. the corruption yeah and profiteers and so it, it helps me to think positively of like this is the kind of turmoil that does lead to big social change we have a really we're in a particularly precarious and scary situation with our media landscape with who's in charge uh with conspiracy theories with the lack of consensus on truth and we're so divided and and it's worrying it's worrying because there's this election is so important and also yeah. we we don't have an inspiring candidate like <laughs> i'm not trying to like rag on i don't want to spend time ragging on joe biden because i have a lot of mixed feelings even as we're covering it as how we should recover this responsibly because on the one end he's not my preferred candidate on the other hand i don't want donald trump and there's a lot to unpack there but it worries me it worries me that we don't have somebody here standing for the things that we need right now you guys talked in your show about how if there's too much confusion and not support behind biden people might not vote and that's yeah. a terrible prospect it but is. um on a granular level what do you what are you scared about like mm -hmm. you know because in my mind corona you know will divide socioeconomically mm -hmm. extremes of people i think the divides will get greater but as far as voting maybe there is this opening to make it more equal but what is the fear that like only red states are going to open and everyone's going to vote and blue states the mail order hmm. you know the mail voting will get sabotaged somehow like what is the, cause I know you're obviously so, a liberal slant, but what is, what's the granular yeah. fear? So granular fear. Okay. I, I think in red states, you know, and this is generalizations, there are a lot of cons higher percentage of conservatives who don't take this seriously than in Democrats. Okay. So red states, perhaps there will be a higher turnout in, uh, for them versus Democrats and where we need them. So there's that fear. Also, um, vote by mail is a really big thing to orchestrate and it's a really expensive thing to orchestrate. And my fear is that we're not gonna be organized or do it properly or that there will be confusion or you know, people might not, I can't remember which state it was in this primary that they had after this was going on because uh, everything's a blur right now but they rushed to have mail-in ballots for people but a lot of some people got them on time a lot of people had to request three or four times and never got it so then they had to go down in person uh -huh. i'm afraid of that uh to fund it 
to, and there's all this stuff with the postal service too, you know? So yeah. it, it, that's what scares me and, and misinformation and people not knowing what to do or forgetting to mail it back in. That's always a thing. And like, but like making sure people understand here are the places you can safely drop off your ballot if you forgot to mail it in. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a big shift for a lot of people and how they approach it. And there's yeah. so much chaos right now. I'm, I'm worried about the messaging, I guess. However, fundamentally, I think it's a very important shit. Um, reset that. It is important shit. shit. It, is, it is important shit. It's, it's a, a very shit. important shift for us to make. Um, yeah. 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 And I think yeah. It, it, it's sort of like what you're talking, like alluding to, like that's sort of my fear amidst about everything mm -hmm. um we're like this is like the voting by mail um and like we've like all, our elections are garbage um in america we mm -hmm. uh we like founded the country on the idea that everybody should vote and we can't we can't we still can't do it we still can't um yeah. it's, embarrassing. It's, our, it's embarrassing it's our one thing it's the one, <laughs> the one thing where you're like let's do it and we still can't manage it no. um and it's uh shameful but this is the kind of thing like maybe this will get us to do it and i my my main worry is that it's just like the leadership isn't there to actually get it done to like yeah. do what Katie you're talking about like organize things and like make sure it actually happens make sure everyone like everything's communicated to everybody and make sure it happens um in the same way with like we're talking about like medicare for all things like that obviously the current candidate uh that we have decided uh, does not support that and that's fine um but uh <laughs> But like in this time, when we're talking about these sort of shifts uh, with public perception, um, public perception doesn't ever really make that change. Um, it's when the money is behind it. It's when the politicians actually accept it as something that's going to happen and start talking about it. Um, so unless we have figures and uh, powerful people uh, saying that it's possible and probable and good, then that's my like one of my worries is that we're not going to be able to shift to that because the, like the Overton window in terms of, I think, public perception has already shifted um, towards this idea that like, yeah. yeah, there's a human right and those, the, all these sort of things we talk about. Um, but it hasn't shifted for politicians. Mm -hmm. um, a few of them, kind of, but not in a, a confident way. Because as soon as somebody says, as soon as like, I won't say Biden, but like if there were more popular senators saying it, people would get on board instantly. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they're not is one thing that I am concerned about personally. Mm -hmm. I'm also and, and not just about that, but like about everything we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. In terms of vote by mail, I'm also worried about not getting my I voted sticker. So I can't take my <laughs> I voted selfie. Because if I Everything. don't have that selfie, yeah. did it even happen? No, that's exactly true. It's the only reason I did it. Yeah, we love it. We love doing that. Also, so young people are, young people take this very seriously too. And young people vote for the Democrat more than they vote for the other guy um so i'm like what you were talking about with like people whether or not people will actually even go out i think there are people who will be like no i'm gonna do it we're gonna get rid of this guy and yeah uh but like i think i just think there are a lot of people who are like taking this very seriously and don't want to um exactly make it or Wisconsin. worse yeah Wisconsin exactly was yeah a bet the great example of um, yeah how but, it could go wrong well you guys yeah. have a, a really good grasp of not just what's happening politically but what's happening sort of like amongst the youth the kids the, mm -hmm. the young people of america um more so than i think you know most of us do but two questions one um do you feel like your exposure on social media to to what young people are thinking and how seriously they're thinking about politics do you feel like 
Twitter and the social media that we're on is giving you sort of a, uh, maybe a, a false understanding, yes. not full. I mean, cause it, or, or is it kind of representative of the youth? I guess not. Right. I don't think it is. Um, I think it's representative of a type of youth right. of a the subset of, and, yeah. and perhaps our future leaders and people that are really important to pay attention to and listen to. But I know it's not just like anything. Twitter is not representative of real life in real right. because people there, this is a massive, massive country. <laughs> it's easy to forget that. Yeah. When um, Trump won, I was like, yeah. I'm so out of touch with reality. That was yeah. the one thing that like one part of the sadness or disappointment was um, that I just yeah. all of a sudden realized I don't know America. I, just, I had it's... it completely wrong. But back to the, just touching on the youth question, I know for, like, my nephew is 19 and I'm a liberal family and I've done my best from the distance I live in LA, but I've done my best to like engage with him and talk with him about it. And he just isn't interested. He's yeah, not doesn't interested care, huh? right. at all. Even in, still. In what? He in politics? politics? Politics in, in trying to change anything i mean he's disillusioned he doesn't care i think that there's i think it's very true that a lot of young people are just do not have enough experience in life to understand what is at stake with their vote and i think some kids do and i love them for that and that's great but i don't know that that's something that we can fundamentally change overnight i think it takes a lot of it's a gradual process i don't think that kids ever have been that engaged but my nephew specifically feels even more turned off from it because it's so heightened around him. He's got people saying like, well, we have to beat Donald Trump. And then there's also a lot of conservative pockets in the Bay Area. I'm from Woodside, California. There's a lot yeah. of like cowboys and stuff. Yeah, no, and here, so there's a lot of the sure. opposite. Yeah. yeah. And um, and my nephew's like literally said, fuck it. Uh, you know, I don't believe in any of them. None of them are going to do anything. He's it like, doesn't see, but that's like almost that's hedonistic. Why, I'm living for the moment. Yeah. That's, but that's why, why I think it is representative of it though because yeah. that attitude like what you're describing right now that's why that's one of the main reasons donald trump won yeah they don't they are tired of it they hate politicians and politics everyone hates politicians yeah that's something right. we like forget but i mean like, there's like, a big like rally around like i see like all these like embroidered pillows with politicians faces it i get it it's a reaction to like trump getting elected people hate politics yeah. Um, and but especially that's young not going to change, I don't feel like. I mean, Probably because, not. Like, we I'm, can not change. I'm not being positive about that. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's, like, it's a problem because like even a Bernie Sanders or something that does invigorate the youth and you know, we talk about positive change, it, it, I, I don't, he's still a politician to yeah. kids. He's right. still an old sure. white guy. And, and again, yeah. they just don't have the life experience to understand. When my nephew, 10 years from now, when my nephew does, have health insurance because of a job you know he lost a job i'll talk to him again about it i'll talk right. to him about it before yeah. then but, you right know. <laughs> right his day-to-day doesn't change based on politics mm-hmm. but we should all unite in our hatred for politicians is amazing no but, maybe uh, this exactly. will change, like, this <laughs> virus but i have yeah, to say yeah. though that is one of the major problems i've seen in this country is that everyone hates politicians which is i totally get but they hate them equally and yeah. that mm-hmm. I, this whole like south park libertarian really republican bullshit is what got us into this problem in the first place is that people are like ah, i hate that politician and i hate these politicians all these politicians are the worst mm-hmm. and that's how we got here and i'm like yeah the young men all suck and maybe biden does suck but 
God, I would vote for a bag of rusty nails right now over Trump yeah. and I would do so enthusiastically yeah. and I'd wear a rusty nail sticker on my car and I will make phone calls for that bag of rusty nails too. <laughs> it's like, that, that's, the, that's the problem is I, I don't yeah. want to hate everyone equally. <laughs> Maybe some people a little right. bit more. Yeah, um, pol- like elections don't happen in a vacuum. Um, right. And people seem to treat it like they do. Um, and yeah, yeah. Well, let's um, we'll switch from politics and give you a break and let you guys go <laughs> soon. But we talked, we talked earlier. Um, Katie, you and I both moved mm-hmm. in with our significant others yeah. like two weeks before shelter in place. So how how has that been going? Mating in captivity is the mm-hmm. you know is I think a famous book and also a podcast and now our lives. So that <laughs> um. It's really, it's going, I'll, I'll say it's going well. It's great. I'm, I'm very grateful um, to have companionship. And um, in many ways, I, I think that we'll look back on this time as something beautiful. Um, you know, I, I do. I think that there are a lot of special and sweet moments. And, um, and I don't take that for granted. It's also getting to know somebody in a very intense way abnormal way (laughs) and it's hard and like I'm especially when we got started doing this he's a voiceover he's an actor but he's a lot of animation and stuff like that so he's got a little bit of work but his life is upended he doesn't have he's a creative person that's used to performing in front of live audiences and he doesn't have you know he's a little he was feeling a little bit lost whereas I was immediately so much busier and there's that strange stress of like, um, how are we sharing this space that's respectful and considerate? How do we take time for ourselves without being offensive to the other person? Yeah. Um, and how do we deal with our the triggers that we're not expecting to come up? Right. What are the things that like what of my what past trauma of mine is being reactivated, and what are of his are being reactivated? And and at first there were definitely like landmines where you were like, I didn't know I was not supposed to step on that. <laughs> you know, um, but I'm proud of us, but I'm not going to pretend like it's always easy. Some weeks it's great. And then some weeks you're like, how are we going to do this for yeah. years? He, needs to, he definitely needs to start a podcast. Definitely. I think so. We've talked about that and he's got the gear, um, yeah. but I'm grateful. I am really grateful. And, and, um, you know, I, but I think that there there are there are mine pluses and minuses to both being single during this time and having a partner um yeah but i'm but i'm grateful to not be alone i mean i the thought of not have i think that i would be really focusing on not touching somebody for a long time not Mm -hmm. having a hug sorry cody to bring that up (laughs) you're right you know (laughs) but I, i Mating a captivity, Cody. You've had some experience on apps and stuff. Have you been you've been chatting with people? A little bit. I mean, I just kind of started dating right before this happened. Yeah. Again, um, and then it did, so I kind of stopped again. How is yeah. that? Are yeah. there apps now? Are there new apps for like no. social distancing no, 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 no. or quarantining? Like that would be so interesting. That'd be interesting. I do. They know- do advertisements within the app, like, "Hey, people are doing Zoom dates now. Do you want to?" And that kind of thing. So, like, yeah. they have adopted. I've the known times, but, um, several yeah. of my like, single yeah. girlfriends have been dating, quote unquote, but you know, like going on a social distance walk, oh, with interesting. A but I do have one friend who will remain anonymous, who, um, Jennifer, 
fell in love really quickly. Jennifer, we'll call her Jennifer, um, was meeting somebody and they social distanced for a while and they finally were like, they okay. built some trust. They hadn't been seeing anybody like, fuck it, let's date. But it exploded. It imploded pretty quick. Uh, well, because oh, yeah. it's an unnatural pressure of your, right. that was brand yeah. new and you were the only person I'm seeing and yeah. all of a sudden, no, 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 no. You know, it, there, it was just unnatural. Yeah. There's going to be some really interesting relationships that start from this. It's going to be like in our generation, it'll be the closest we get to that sort of like Jane Austen, Emma-esque, just like a whole courtship of words. You're going to be like emailing each other back and forth, sending right, like letters right. and Zoom. And then yeah. finally- you Everyone learning to calligraphy. Right, exactly. calligraphy. Yeah, exactly. I think the Zoom is great though, because it puts a 40 minute limit. You know, if it's free, yeah. I don't mean to advertise uh, for Zoom, but it's free for 40 <laughs> minutes. So like, that's great. Because every time I was dating, I'm like, how do I get out of this date? How do I end it? You know yeah. what I mean? Cause like, <laughs> because it's Friday so night right. and I already put my foot in my mouth and said I had no plans this weekend or no plans tomorrow. No. At least, you know, when I was smart, I'm like, oh, I have to work in the morning. Like if I wanted, or I text my sister, like text me, call me. But like Zoom 40 minute is a wonderful thing. We should oh, be yeah. appreciative of these yeah. things. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Zoom. Yeah, yeah. thank you, Zoom. Although um, I am, we are paying for you now, but thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Zoom, and thank oh, you guys um, so much for your time. It's oh, been yeah. um, it's been so much fun. Yeah, I don't know. So much. Lovely. Yeah. Um, do you guys want to plug your shows? Please do so. Sure. Um, yeah, we we have several shows. Uh, Some more news is our YouTube show that Cody hosts, and mm -hmm. even more news is the podcast we do once a week. That's a companion to that show. Okay. Cody, do you want to do the other one? Uh, we also do a show called Worst Year Ever, um, <laughs> named for some reason, um, that. And uh, yeah, we host it with uh, Robert Evans um, of Find the Bastards. And um, yeah, Google, uh, we'll Google our names and you'll probably find all that yeah. stuff. The, yeah. the, the, by the way, yeah, for our listeners who haven't listened to it, they actually named it well before <laughs> this truly became the worst year ever. It Unbelievable. Was most appropriate <laughs> yeah. name. And you, you guys, we really do appreciate you coming on. And, and uh, I can speak for many, many, many listeners that, you know, your shows are a big part of what help, you know, us all pass the time. And you're doing a, you're doing a lot of, uh, doing a lot of really important work right now. So we really appreciate it. Thank you um, so much. And, that really means a lot. It does. Yeah. Coming from, yeah. No, I mean, listen. I, I mean, I'm yeah, like, coming I'm from you guys like, that are doing real work. Like no. actual things in the world. You're the real heroes here. No. Um, <laughs> yes. I you, accept you, that. It is true, though. I mean, I worked all last week in the hospital, and I have a, a bit of a drive. And I, li I mean, listening to podcasts like yours is a, is a big part of what helps me get into a good place. So we really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Sorry, there's a plane coming. I was just pausing for a second. <laughs> okay, can you hear the, uh, there's a lawnmower? No, on? not really. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. No, but we're going to delete all this. So. Do you hear me okay. farting really loud during the <laughs> That thing? I can hear. Constantly. I can hear. Oh. I, my dog has been licking her asshole right. for like this last five minutes. So she, really, she really gets good in there. She's really aggressive. <laughs> it's super clean. The opinions on this podcast are broadcasted for educational and informational purposes only and do not represent the opinions of our employers. These opinions are not intended as a diagnosis, treatment, or as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult a local physician or other healthcare professional for your specific healthcare and or medical needs or concerns.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.